Triple M's. Oh! That's gone sideways! My word! That has gone sideways! Oh. <laughs> Cricket Fan Podcast. That's right, it's the Triple M Cricket Fan Podcast. We're back, we're talking cricket here, you talk cricket. It's been a big uh, week in Aussie cricket, lots happening, uh, so we're here to discuss it. My name's Rudy Etzel, I'm joined today by George Porter from, I think you're over in WA at the moment, right George? Yeah, over in Perth, Roots. It's been a huge 24 hours, I wouldn't even say week, the last 24 hours have been massive. It has been indeed, and uh, to discuss this with uh, me and Ports, it's Tommy Beers, how are you Tommy? G'day, gents. Good to be back. Yeah, heaps happening and uh, plenty to go through today. Indeed. Um, we're going to kick off uh, with the, the T20s that have just finished uh, last night. The Aussies lost 2-1. They were 2-0 down after two. Um, did pretty well, I think, with a, a, what you'd call a makeshift bowling lineup. Um, but it exposed a few things about the Australian sort of approach to T20, I reckon. Um, they're still just not that adept at really putting the foot down in the middle of an innings in T20s. Um, and they've just it just seems like there's a lot of uh, top-order batsmen in Australian T20 cricket, uh, George. Yeah, it's it's kind of almost like we're filling the whole the whole team with openers. We've spoken about this before. We had Stoinis come in for a game and they pushed him down the order. Darcy Short batting so low. Matt Wade was great um, with, uh, with two half-centuries. Um, but then there's that kind of, you know... It seems silly to talk about Steve Smith at three, but even Maxwell could maybe jump up to three in the future and just do his 50 off 20 balls and then just leave the leave the rest up to everybody else. But, you know, on Reeks, I think if he's not bowling, I don't think there's a spot for him in the team. Um, and then the bowling lineup, as you said, Roots, was, I mean, Starkey was obviously unavailable for personal reasons, but it was a very uh, pedestrian lineup, to be honest. It's going to be hard to try and win a series with. Um, with those, with those three fast bowlers. Yeah, poor old um, Sean Abbott got um, he got dragged twice um, after bowling a couple of overs. Uh, he struggled a bit, um, and then yeah, it's, uh, it ended up being the spinners that won. When Australia did win the third game, it ended up pretty much being the spinners that did it for them. Um, mm-hmm. With uh, with Zamper and, and particularly Mitch Swepson really putting the clamps on. Um, and and I quite uh, like that. The two spinners. Yeah. The two leggies particularly, like you see a lot of off spinners in T20 cricket who hold an end but don't actually threaten. While with the two leggies who can kind of have a bit more variation, um, it looked a bit more potent with those two. Obviously, the quicks weren't quite up to it and we were, you know, they were second and third string kind of Operators, T20 yeah. quick. But the, the two leggies, I think that's something we can look at going forward, particularly the next World Cup being in India with Swepson and, and Zampa and you know, even even Nathan Lyon and, and Ashton Agar, who have done a job in the past in short-form cricket. So um, I'm quite at, like, if we've learned something out of this series is that we can definitely go in with that kind of um, that kind of lineup. Yeah, with the spinners for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I, I quite like the, um, the, the idea to put Maxwell in for the first couple last night as well. He nearly had Coley. Uh, Steve Smith dropped an absolute soda. He nearly had Coley. And he did have KL Rahul caught in the second uh, second ball of the innings. Um, mm. It's a little bit of a masterstroke there from Finchy, who's such a, um, a canny captain, Aaron Finch, at, uh, at this level. I, I, I don't think Finchy probably gets the credit that he deserves, but when the game was on the line as well last night, he brings in Zampa, Tabolta, Hardik, 
uh, at Coley, and that that turned the game really. Zampa's first ball, so if you know there is the, the game, commentators, yeah. commentators were weighing it up. I think Warney, you know, was looking at Enrique because he hadn't bowled yet. Um, you couldn't have thrown the ball to Daniel Sam because he went the journey, and so did Sean <laughs> Abbott. So Finchie does a great job, and he it shouldn't be you know undersold the the role that he's done over the last three, four, five years. Yeah, and at a time where there has been a bit of. Uh... Red ball turmoil for Australian cricket as well. He's been a, a real constant in white ball cricket for the Aussies, which is uh, yeah. which is another thing you can't really be uh, you can't really understate. Uh, I think it's fair to say the Aussies got uh, Hardik in the second game. Um, Panty really turned the game for them. Um, there are so many puns that we could roll out. And we'll maybe <laughs> yeah. just we, we might we might just take the high road ports and and not do them. <laughs> yeah, real low hanging fruit that one. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about we're all about uh, the higher brow stuff here at Triple M, and, yeah. and then, <laughs> but but in that second game he was really the difference, and I think that I mean I I can't, I'm kind of as an Aussie fan, I've got my fingers crossed they don't pick him for the tests because I just I'd rather not have to play against him. He's so vibrant. He's like X factor. He makes things happen, um, yeah. and yeah, he's he's he scares you a bit, particularly if he's bowling. Like he's got such a like he's a three-dimensional, like gun fielder, bowls well, bowls with good wheels when he's up and going. And then with the bat, he's just so explosive. So, you know, you feel like you might have India on the ropes. We might have him four for 50 or something. And then he can come out and like Ben Stokes almost, you know, come out and turn the game on his own. You, even though you think you're on top, you've still got three in a gully or whatever. But those gaps are just like, he'll just tear you up if you if you give him a chance. So I'm with you. I Oh, I'd be quite happy to see him not play in the test test series mm. from um, an Australian point of view. It was Ravi Jadeja that, that did the damage in the first um, first innings of the first game after he'd done his hammy. He then flayed us everywhere. And then um, his replacement, Yusvendra Shahal. Uh, it seems like Jadeja's not going to be ready to go for the first test. And um, that's another another player that you sort of go, geez, you'd prefer not to have to play against him because he's, he's a serious player. Um, it's yeah, well, it's it's over that T uh, Twenty series. India did win it. Um, questions to answer for Australia. There are a few things that caught my eye out of it. I quite enjoyed last night um, Matthew Wade being given not out, even though he's plum. And then <laughs> by the time Coley reviewed it, it had been the fifteen seconds they played it on the big screen, so they couldn't re- review it. That was uh, that was that was pretty funny. Uh, I also enjoyed Coley. Coley and Wade being involved again in the second game with Coley dropping the biggest soda in the history of cricket, just about. And that then, was ridiculous. It happened. It happened. Now, I, I wish I had more time to think about it, but I'm sure that there, there would have been a couple of easy drop catch runouts that it, it's probably more common than you think, but that was the, that was easier than Herschel Gibbs catch, I reckon, back oh, in yeah. the World Cup. There was, it was one, absolute soda. Yeah, there was one in the India New Zealand series last year that, or maybe it's the West Indies New Zealand. There was one, I remember watching one of the easiest catches I've ever seen go down last year in a test match, which I, was considerably easier even than that Coley, that Coley drop um, the other night. Um, so, yeah, we'll knock that one. That's out of the way. I think we'll move, in, move on and have a look at the test series because this is where the real. Um, this is where the real intrigue in Australian cricket lies. You mentioned it's been a big 24 hours, you know, Aussie cricket, George, uh, off the top. And um, I think the there's a collective shudder across across the nation yesterday uh, as young Victorian 
uh, of Wunderkind, Will Pekowski copped the hit on the helmet, which uh, forced him off with another concussion. He has another a well, one, yeah. yeah, he's a well publicised history of it. I think that's his ninth um, in various forms. How um, old is he? Is he only twenty two or 23? twenty three? Yeah, I think it's twenty one or no twenty two. Um, yeah. It's a lot for such a short career. Yeah, he's, like, he's 22. I was thinking of um, Cam Green, who's 21, who we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. It's a, it's a worry, I should say. Um, he's already been ruled out of the next Australia A game, and you've got to say it's hard to imagine that he'll be picked for um, the first test starting next Thursday. It's, yeah, it's yeah, strange, very- isn't it? We've, we've been thinking for the last couple of weeks it'll be Warner and one of Burns or Pukowski. And now it's going to be potentially none of the three. Um, there's going to be a lot of debate as to who plays now. And as you sit here, if he's had his ninth concussion, he got up, he walked off on his own. But you just wonder with a bloke who's had nine, obviously maybe recovery might take even longer um, mm. because it's such a, a problem. Um, you know, it's, it's not an AFL podcast, but you just kind of think of someone like Paddy McCartan who tries to come back and keep getting these injuries and it's obviously detrimental in the end to their career. So I would say that Bukowski is probably not going to be playing in Adelaide either, um, which really leaves, I would say, two spots up for grabs at the top of the order. Burns has to play, I think, just purely from an experience point of view. Like, you got Warner out and then Bukowski was the one that you're kind of looking to blood into the test fold, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Like, you can't just chuck two guys in who haven't been in and around the squad for a while, like he has to be at least one of those spots and then another guy kind of filling the void at the top of the order. You can't, and he's a specialist opener. So you kind of, as much as you'd like to chop and change the side, I think Joe Burns now just has to play out of purely being um, a regular in the side for the last couple of years. Yeah. It's a tough one because Burns is, like I said, he's got tenure, um, but he's not in form. And nah. and an attack the quality of India's is like can be seriously yeah. exposing can on that level. Chew him up and spit him out. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a huge um, worry for the for the Aussies going into this series. A huge huge worry. Um, and then the question is as well who who opens with him? So you well, tentatively pencil Burns in for an opening spot. Um, do you bring Marcus Harris into the squad? Who's been in good shield form? Uh, do he's you the bump, obvious one, I think. He, yeah, he is for me. Do you bump up Manus Labashain? But then he's had so much success at three. Do you want to mess with that? Um, yeah. And then there's been some calls for Matthew Wade. I don't think he's ever opened us. I'm, I'm happy to be corrected, but I'm not sure he's ever opened at first class level. Pretty rare for a guy yeah. to keep and then open. Um, uh, so it's a yeah, so it's a big headache for the Aussie selectors. It looked like a, a nice headache to have. Three weeks ago, um, you know. Do you <laughs> Three bring days in, ago, almost. Yeah. Like. Do you bring in the <laughs> the super inform um, opener to blood him? Um, this like you know generation or it looks like a generational yeah. talent, and now it's um, they're sort of scraping the, the bottom of the barrel, you know, in a sense. And it's uh, it looks like um, we might be seeing some early Marnus and Smith uh, yeah. trips to the crease. Are we are we almost like if we go back to putting Harrison like a Cam Bancroft type back in where we kind of know what we're going to get, but we're not really going to like, have we seen their ceiling already or do they deserve it or should they get another crack at it? Cause they didn't quite get it right the last time or 
Um, should we? I think there's, there's more upside to having the Marcus. There's more more upside to having Marcus Harris in the team than bringing back someone like Sean Marsh or Usman Kawaja. Yeah. And even Cam Bancroft, I don't think he had the greatest shield season, and he certainly had a terrible year last year. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, think. I think Cam Bancroft so far out of the conversation, but I think there's it's it's got to be of the three openers of Pekovsky, Burns, and Harris. You yeah, you said before it's probably going to be a Burns and Harris situation, but yeah, you know I'm I'm not convinced that they'll they'll pick Joe Burns, and if they and then you've got the option we were talking about before is if you bring in someone from outside the squad to open, it probably means that there's less of a chance that Cam Green probably comes in to make mm-hmm. his debut yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you do uh... move Matthew Wade or Manus up to open, then there's a spot in the middle order for Cam Green. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went for that because you, you, you want to get a bloke who's bowling well and making centuries against the very team he's about to play. Um, oh, there's a, there's a lot of headaches for, for the, um, for the selectors. Yeah, it's it's um, Cam Green was the player I wanted to bring up next. So um, I I put together his stats this morning. Um, he's made thirteen hundred and twenty one runs at an average of fifty five, with five tons and three fifties, and he's taken thirty two wickets at just a shade under twenty two at first class level. He's played twenty first class games now, so it's not an insignificant um, segment. You know, yeah. not an insignificant. Uh, uh, Sample size, I should say. Sample size, yeah. 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 S- sample size, George. And um, <laughs> it's and it's kind of what. At what point do you, you have to get him in? At some point, he's. But they they literally they played a, a tour game during the week, and he was head and shoulders above any other Australia A player in that game. Like all the guys we're talking about were in that squad playing that game. Joe Burns, Pekovsky, Marcus Harris. Even Travis Head was in there. Tim Payne was in there, and he outperformed all of them with the bat at, at bare minimum. The bat, yeah. Um, but then he came on and bowled and and took two two wickets in no time. After they they were off to a flyer as well. India they threw him the ball. He's had at one point I think he had like two for five or two for six or something like that. He and took- then they said your your workload's done. See you later. We're not we're not bowling you into the ground because of his history with back injuries. And but like he, he has he had the potential to like toy with that game, make a hundred and take a five for in a tour game against an Indian 11 that they also, they're all fighting for spots. So like those guys are trying their hardest to kind of knuckle down and do their best. And he's just like, he toyed with them. It was a reasonably strong Indian 11 as well. Um, yeah. He, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, it was. Yeah. Pujara and Rahane and, and yeah. co. Umesh, Umesh Yadav as well. He's yeah. Played Ravi Ashwin. The test cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, even, um, Chris, even so, Chris, okay, just, just to, to close it off, then, Roots, do you think the fact that now we've got this massive issue with the top of the order means that Cam Green is now, do you think it's more likely or less likely that he will play now that we've got such a, such a problem at the top? Uh, well, I think they'll probably try and stay as experienced as they can. Unfortunately, I think it makes less likely that he'll play, but I don't think he was going to anyway. I think it was a Pretty much been Matty Wade's spot to to lose, and I don't think. He I has. think this next the next pink ball tour game that they're going to play before the first test has massive ramifications for how we shape up. Because if Cam Green plays in that, 
and makes runs again and then out, none of the openers put their hand up or whatever, they have to be tempted. They, it's almost like he's knocked the door down, like he's done nothing wrong and he's such a promising talent. Like, it, At what point do you just go, you cannot do anything more but pick this yeah. kid? Like, do, you know what, do you know what it kind of reminds me of is when um, just after we had that capitulation in Hobart four or five years ago, and the next Shield round was almost an audition for who wants to come in and play. And Pete yeah. Hanscom made that <laughs> double ton, and everyone's like, right, well, Pete Hanscom's in. So this pink ball Shield game, to a match, I should say, is yeah. probably almost like that. You're right, Dizzy, yeah. Yes, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one to see, uh, to see what, they, what they do. Um, it's hard to escape the conclusion that Cam Green should be in the side. But um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's up to the. But but also on that, just just quickly, there's like I assume Matthew Wade and Travis Head will both play in that game as well. Probably alongside Cam Green, you wouldn't think that like Steve Smith and Marnus would play. So they'll probably bat at like three, four, five, six, somewhere in that range. Those three guys. And what if Cam Green in this game, like Head and Head and Wade do nothing, and then Green just does what he did again? You know, like it's. He can almost force his way inside by playing like alongside these guys and being like, "Well, you can't possibly make a case for this like Wade or Head to play in front of him if they've literally played in the same conditions, same game, same opposition, and he's just shown them up completely, yeah. like as convincingly right. as he did in the last game." So that might open the door for him. All right, so let's let's pick a uh, a first test eleven. Um, it's between us so we think there's two opening spots to, to give so do we th- feel like it'll be Burns and Harris I believe so I yeah do. I do yeah. reluctantly Burns and Harris yeah yeah okay and then Manus Labashane and Steve Smith pick themselves at three and four Trav Head will probably yep. keep the uh, number five spot George luckily for South Australia <laughs> yeah so, someone's got to <laughs> someone's got to do it for us don't they yeah and <laughs> And then it's essentially um, the, the question, but like it's a top coin toss at the moment between Green and Wade. So um, we'll see what happens there. And then the rest pick themselves, more or less. Uh, Tim Payne, obviously. Um, Paddy Is Cummins. Mitchell Stark back can I, Yeah, I was just yeah, going to say, I, can I give you a little bit of a curveball here? If Mitchell Stark is unavailable for family reasons, do you bring in Pato or do you give, you know, Michael Nisa with the pink ball could be pretty bloody good yeah yeah i think i think michael nessa is a massive shout if um particularly being a pink ball match um and the way he bowled the other day that ball he bowled to pajara pajara is a guy we haven't gotten out ever in australia yeah, yeah. he just seems to never go out and he's just bowled him like this absolute brute of a ball and, and taken the top of off so i think like he's done nothing wrong pato is obviously is like a world-class bowler, but I think in the conditions, you've got to definitely consider Michael Nessa. Only, yeah. Neither if if Stark unavailable. That's the only chance to see the bowlers. Fair enough. So that's uh, that's our first Test 11 picked. Um, We've also got the Big Bash uh, coming up starting tomorrow, lads. Um, And I think we're going to come back and sort of do a Big Bash preview pod tomorrow. I think we should. Yeah, I, think, I need to do some yeah, research. Yeah, yeah, we sort of we we floated it just before coming on air, and then went actually, yeah. 
we probably need to at least look at the squats before we really There's run. There's plenty to digest before the big bash season. Indeed. Indeed. So I think uh, for that, that will do us for today then. Boys, what do you reckon? It might be worth, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get some listener feedback on the, uh, on the test 11. Yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's a good shout. Could yeah. be worth. It'll be interesting to see people, what people get say. Get the people involved. Yep. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Good so uh, that's been us for today. I've been your host, Rudy Etzel. Been joined by George Porter in WA. Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. Can't wait. Go back to bed, mate. It must be about 4 a.m. over there. And then <laughs> Tommy Beers as well, the, the, the crown jewel of the Diamond Valley. <laughs> Thanks, boys. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. We'll be back tomorrow, probably. <laughs> yeah, we'll speak to you tomorrow.